Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Uh, head coach Tony Ersland, Tanner Lipson, and me, I'm Corey, uh, here this week with you. We don't have a special guest for you this week. Uh, we're just going to, you're going to have to sit there and listen to the three of us uh, uh, jabber for, for a little bit. Um, we want to kind of put a bow on the 2019-2020 on the season, a historic one. Uh, great, great successes on the map um, for, for the Boilermakers and I know, uh, Coach, you guys had uh, – you've, you've given out your team awards. Not able to do the banquet this year, which we've talked about, but uh, been able to, to give out the team awards. We haven't discussed those yet on the show. So that's going to uh, – we're going to talk a lot about accomplishments and uh, guys that, that have been recognized for excellence. And uh, uh, just <clears throat> we'll get into that today. We'll talk about a few other things uh, throughout the course of the show. Um, well, we also, but, you know, Corey, we've got the, uh, you know, the, the on the mat accolades are fantastic, but we, yeah. um, you know, we picked up quite a few off the mat accolades as well. And it'll be fun to dive into um, some of the successes that the team had uh, in the classroom this season, because, because it was, it was a pretty impressive semester and it was a pretty impressive season in the classroom for the guys. And I know, I know student comes first and that's, uh, you know, that's a slogan for a lot of people, but you know, you guys actually, you do live that, that mantra. Um, and, and let's go ahead and start there with, you know, the, the biggest news from a team standpoint. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool award for the team uh, from the academic side. Yeah, it was, it was good. You know, we were a, a NWCA a scholar, uh, all academic team. Um, they ranked the teams, you know, in the top, in the top 30. And uh, we were actually uh, only one of two Big Ten teams to be in, in that on that list, just behind Northwestern uh, University, who was the other team. So second year in a row that we've done that. And, and you know, you guys that follow social media with Purdue Wrestling have probably seen this release. But, no, it, it's a great honor. I actually just received the certificates, as we were talking about prior to, you know, starting taping here. I got all of the, all, you know, All-American certificates, you know, as far as, you know, NCAA tournament goes. And then I got all the all academic stuff as well. So uh, we're starting to get the hardware here and we can hand it out to the guys once we're able to do so. So, but yeah, it's a nice honor. It shows these guys are, are uh, listening to both sides of the message. You know, um, academics does come first, as you mentioned, and clearly that message is being heard and paid attention to. Uh, and we can still do better. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about progress and, and these guys can do better, but but they, they're doing a nice job for us, and I appreciate their hard work in the classroom. You know, they put together uh, second semester, the guys cumulatively put together a 3.29 GPA as a team. Um, we had a few guys in the 4.0 range. We had, you know, several others in that 3.5 and above. Um, Parker Phileas, Max Lyon, and Thomas Panola were all named um, individual scholar All-America by uh, NWCA as well. Um, Max Lyon was a nominee for COSIDA Academic All-America. That's being voted on right now. Those awards, you know, hopefully he gets on that all-district team and then has a chance to go for the All-America. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's near a four-point CUME GPA over three years in, uh, you know, in not, not an easy major either. You know, he's, he's what is it, in industrial – construction technology so i don't know what it is what is it? you know it's 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 uh and i can't tell you exactly either i'd have to go back i'm gonna have to look it up <laughs> but this it is, is why max is smarter know, than us it's a business related major you know what i mean it's it's in the business field but basically i think the way he's always explained it to me is he wants to be able to work with engineers you know from a business standpoint right so uh, he has industrial management sides of the uh, equation so look i just looked it up his major is industrial management with a focus in operations and supply chain management. There you go. Which you, you should get another major for being able to say that. Cause it's, a, cause it's a no, mouthful. You know, and those guys certainly are, are tremendous examples of, of what we're talking about. Um, but I think what's even more impressive to me is that the team GPA is still, I mean, every guy in the roster taken into, uh, you know, consideration is still above a 3.0 as well. And that's taken us a few years to, to get to that mark. And, and we're, we're doing a nice job as a team. You know, I'm talking about every man on the, on the roster. You know, certainly we, we tend to talk about those highly successful in, individuals, as we should. 
uh, and recognize their hard work. But from a man-to-man uh, -man roster group, um, we are still above a three-point as well. So there's, I think that's something I take great, great pride in as well, guys. Well, I think, the, I think the guys faced, a, I mean, obviously all students face this, but they faced a very unique challenge at the end of the semester with everybody having to be off campus. And, you know, they had to do online learning for, for the rest of the semester after we got sent home at the end of March. And, um, you know, for some guys, I, you know, I talked to a lot of guys on the team and some guys thought like, you know, this isn't bad. I can do this. And other guys really struggled with it. You know, they, they didn't, it was, it was harder for them to focus with, with the, you know, all the distractions of, of being home and not being able to, you know, a lot of guys thrive in that structure of being able to wake up, they work out, they go to class, they, they go and they find a, a spot to study on campus before they go to their next class, you know, and then they come back to practice. And so it's like, you know, they, they had that routine and it was, I mean, it was completely blown up. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, that's probably been the challenge for most of us, right? You know, I, I think successful people in general thrive on routine and this really tested you. You're thrown out of your your day to day, you know, and uh, and to adjust to that and find new ways and establish new routines was a big challenge. And even more so for young men, right? I mean, you know, this is a, you know, a time when you're really trying to figure out who you are as a student, who you are as an athlete, you know, everything, right? It's just a huge time in your life you know it's, it's why I enjoy it so much working with young people and so yeah it was a big challenge that maybe many of us don't think about as much um, but still really proud the guys did a nice job um, they kept their eye on the ball and, and finished strong and now our, our mission is to continue to create new routines from a from a work habit standpoint while we're, we're trying to make gains you know and, and make sure that we're ahead of people once we get to get back into the practice room we um in addition to those guys uh, I'd love to mention, you know, Nate Lemmicks was just shy of the criteria to make, you know, Scholar All-America. Mm. Uh, Dylan Lighty was Dylan Lighty was just shy of the criteria to make it. Um, those are two guys. I was actually really shocked when um, we went to turn in the nomination and we had those guys on there and they're like, yeah. And they, you know, they pointed out a technicality for why they weren't on the list. So it was a bummer to see them uh, get excluded there. But um, in sorry. addition to those awards, we had uh, – go ahead, Corey, what are you saying? When, when your major is chemical engineering or you're in a graduate program, that should be weighted a little bit, but uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, 13 academic All-Big Ten picks for the second straight year. Um, tying the, you know, we, we, set the, we set the record for the program last year with 13. We matched it this year with 13. Um, those guys have to have a 3.0 cumulative GPA and be in their second year or further along in their studies. So um, really impressive to see, to see that streak extended for a second year. And, and obviously we'll, we'll go ahead and try and break it next year. Yeah, that's always the goal, right? Uh, you just, you don't want to plateau and stay where you're at. You're getting better or you're getting worse. And, and I really believe in that. And so, uh, you know, we've got to strive to better that mark every year. That's just, that's the goal. Well, and, and you could have, you know, 30 guys get a 4.0 and 10 of them win national championships. And, you know, the mantra would be okay go do it again yeah I, I totally get that consistency now <laughs> go, show, go show them it's not a fluke that's right anybody can do something once boys so uh final final academic piece um before we move on to the team awards and this is one that i know i'm really excited about tony i know you're really excited about um dylan lighty um received the big 10 postgraduate scholarship uh for purdue uh, they give out they give out two of those to every athletic department, one to a male, one to a female student athlete. Um, and and Dylan was uh, produced selection for this year. Uh, marched two years in a row for the Boilermakers after Ben Thornton got it last year. Um, you know, huge for a young man who, you know, not getting scholarship money anymore, mm -hmm. um, is going to be able to to fund his graduate school this way. Yeah, yeah. But as you mentioned, that's a big deal, right? I mean, to be able to continue your education and to finance it in such a way is is huge for these young people. And uh, certainly, yeah, he earned it. You know, he's done a tremendous job his entire career, taking care of both sides of the equation, as we've been talking about. So, yeah, just an, another nice honor for Dylan to add and, and keeps him around, you know, as we mentioned, too. You know, I know he's still trying to figure out everything that, that he wants to do, but, you know, to have him here next year and have his education taken care of it is a big deal. And then, you know, we hope to see him competing as well. Yeah, I talked to Dylan. Uh, he's, I guess he's known for a little while. Um, 
that information, you know, uh, came out today publicly and the Big Ten will share it again next week. Um, so they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do their conference wide honorees of, of who all got that scholarship. But, um, you know, pretty exciting for Dylan. I talked to him and, and he, he told me like this scholarship is going to fund his entire, the rest of his grad school. Awesome. Yep. So he will not be, uh, he will not have to take any loans or dip into his pocket or, or, or do any of that to, to finish out his degree, which is just fantastic for him, especially, you know, young people trying to find jobs and, and get out into the world. Like you said, he's a little unsure of his, of what's next for him. So to have that, you know, off his mind, has got to be absolutely fantastic for Dylan. Well, he's got a wedding yeah, to pay and, for know, it too. He does have, well, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you know, the way it's working out, right. It's, it's very interesting. Go to the courthouse. <laughs> it's a, it's a good to be in grad school. I would say, you know, with, with an award mm -hmm. like that, you know, with there's some uncertainty right in the economy. And as we make our way back into things, I think, you know, that's a great option that he can really mm -hmm. take advantage of. But now is a great year to go in and, and get another degree, finish up school and then test, you know, the job market, or like I said, you know, we, we're looking at him uh, competing and training for freestyle, but he's got options now. He's got some time to figure some, some things out because I know uh, some other young people obviously are not in that situation. So I think the way things worked out, you know, on the balance sheet, uh, pretty strong for, for Dylan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, transitioning into uh, the team awards, we gave out, uh, we gave out eight team awards this season. Uh, which is one more than we usually do. We, we added a team award into the mix. And, um, you know, let's not, let's not stray away from Dylan too much. Um, start off with the, the Joe Taxel, the Joe Taxel Leadership Award, which we, um, we, did, we did a co-award this year with uh, Dylan and uh, his fellow senior, uh, Christian Bruner, and all that they accomplished and, and the, way that they, the way that they led the team in their final year. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And we've talked about this a little bit, you know, when we, we've had them on our, you know, our, our program, you know, they've, we've talked about this a little bit, but I thought they really both stepped up in different ways. You know, they've always been good examples for the kids in our room. They, they compete hard and they do the right things, right? They train right, they live right. So they've always been a great example, which is probably the most important, but both of them in the past have not spoken up as much as you've seen this year. You know, and, and I thought Dylan really realized that, you know, he's in a position this year to kind of have more of a voice, and, and he did. You know, I thought he, he did a tremendous job speaking up um, and, and letting the team know how he feels about them and what's right and what's wrong. And then, you know, Christian Bruner with the, the adversity, with the knee injury, you know, there was a time when he couldn't do much, and, and we would come back after, you know, a, a tough loss in a duel, right? We dropped a couple in a row, and we were, had some guys out of the lineup. And I thought Christian was a great voice in the room, you know, and to hear uh, his voice when he's talking about coming back and staying focused, you know, and, and uh, doing the right things was, was really big for this team, you know, and, you know, big for a young group of guys. So I, I just was really happy. And obviously they're both very deserving, but they, their voice was heard. It wasn't just in action, you know, it was, it was in their voices too in the locker room, which I thought was, was key to the year. Staying on Christian Bruner. You know, he, like you said, he, he faced a ton of adversity in this year and, and was able to come back and, and, you know, make his way to a fourth straight NCAA championship, something that only one of, he's one of 12 guys in program history to do it. And uh, your guy Luke Welch made a, a great point on, on Twitter the other day. Yes, he um, did. Did it without taking a red shirt. Mm -hmm. Not a path that you see a, a lot of young men go in wrestling. Uh, they usually either red shirt on the front end or they take a break midway through and, and focus on, you know, focus on their technique or change a weight class or, or something like that. And they use that year for that. But he went four straight years, uh, four straight NCAA qualifiers, um, one of the most successful 197 pounders in, in program history. And, uh, you know, we, we tacked on the Boiler Up Tough Award to his, his already outstanding resume. Yeah, um, obviously that award, it's, just, it's what it says. It's somebody who's overcome adversity and showed, you know, the grit and toughness that we think define a Boilermaker, right? And, um, yeah, what better example could you have than somebody who's suffered a pretty, uh, you know, serious knee injury, and then the man's coming back six weeks later, and he's, he's on the mat wrestling at the Big Ten mm -hmm. and, and doing really well. Ends up being the sixth seed, and, 
you know, he was ready. You know, he was ready. He wasn't going to use any injury to hold him back going into the Nationals. He was in a great frame of mind, and his uh, training had reflected that. There was just no excuses. You know, he did everything asked of him, and, and uh, man, I just – I think, again, a huge example to the guys because we, we're always preaching, you don't get to choose the conditions under which you compete. You might wake up on Saturday morning and you got your national championship match Saturday night, you might feel terrible. You know, or your semifinal match, you got your knee torn off and we got to go. But nobody cares. You know, your opponent certainly doesn't care. The fans in the stand aren't going to care. You know what I mean? So, you know, to, to learn how to push those things aside and just focus on competing and training and, and doing the right things is all you can do. And, and again, I think he was a huge example uh, for the guys that we can point to. You know, we can point to, hey, here's another teammate. Here's how he handled it and here's how he, he did it. And uh, kids can learn from those examples. So, yeah, just just another tremendous example. And obviously, uh, you know, due to his situation, really earned that award this year. It was pretty impressive. You know, he came back after that six-week layoff at Big Ten Championships. And, and he was rusty. I mean, he, he hadn't competed. And, um, you know, he fell behind in, in matches early. He gave up, you know, he gave up some stuff that, that he normally wouldn't, wouldn't do. And, and uh you know, that adversity continued. It's like, you know, you, okay, not only have you not been on the mat for six weeks, but okay, now you're down 6-0. Like, what, what are you going to do? Yep. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, are you going to quit and take that at-large bid to Nationals? Because he would have got one. Yeah. You know, we all, yep. we all know he would have got one. His resume spoke for itself. But he, he gutted it out and found a way, you know, to get all the way back on the podium and earn that, that auto spot. Yeah, and, you know, and um, – I had challenged him a bit after that first uh, round, that first session at, at Big Tens, because he did. He looked, he looked really rusty, and, uh, and, and to be expected to some degree, right? Like he really wrestled himself into shape in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, let's just face it. He did. He wrestled himself into shape. Uh, but after that first tournament or that first uh, session, you know, I was concerned about where he was at. And so I just said, hey, you know, we can pull you out of the tournament now and we're going to get the bid. You know, I know, you know, you're going to get an auto bid to go. Let's, you know, what do you think if we pull you out and then we just get you ready another two weeks. And he was like, no, man. He was like, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify. You know, that was his, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And sure enough, he kept going and he, he got better and better as he went. And so, yeah, he it just shows you that he was thinking, right. You know, you know, here's a coach who gave him a way out. And, and, you know, I'm trying to do the smart thing, right? I mean, competitors want to compete, and he's a competitor. So I'm thinking I got to look out for him. Hey, can we pull back? Do you want to pull back? And <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was like, no, no, I'm going to qualify. I'm going to get another match or two under my belt, and I'm going to be ready. And, and he did. So I was really impressed. You know, he, he responded in the right way and uh, took the bull by the horns. And like I said, no doubt in my mind, he was, he was ready to go at NCAAs. Well, and yeah, it was pretty thing, cool. Well, one, ahead, let me Corey. jump in there. One thing about the way things played out, and nobody could, nobody could, you know, on March seventh, understand the way things were going to play out. But getting that uh, auto bid, or wrestling those other couple matches instead of taking an at large, probably made a difference in his seating. Probably made a difference between All American and maybe second or honorable mention All American, and you know that matters. That really does matter. Yeah, there's no doubt, and. And he was focused on the right things. Like, you know, as a coach, you can, you can ask your athletes these things, and you do it for different reasons. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're trying to just, like I said, you want to challenge them in a way of, hey, we can pull you out. What do you want to do? You know, just so that you want to see how, where they're thinking. And, and he never flinched. It wasn't, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. My knee's sore. No. He was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to qualify. I need a couple more matches. We're going to do this. And I'm like, okay. He, he knew right, right away. There was no waiver. There was no him and haw on it. And that's where I was like, yeah, he, he knows, <laughs> you know what I mean? He knows. So, um, so yeah, I was, I was very impressed by that, you know, as by many of our guys, I, you know, I know we're talking a lot about Christian, but specific to that instance, I was just, I was uh, really proud that he, he knew he wasn't going to be deterred and, and uh, you know, did a nice job. Another guy that uh, came back from a, a much more minor injury than Christian but, um, you know, finished off a, a pretty fantastic season at Big Ten Championships was our outstanding freshman, uh, Kendall Coleman, you know, guy who uh, Big Ten finalist uh, and runner-up, uh, first-team All-America. 
uh, 29 wins in his freshman year at 157 pounds. A guy who about a year ago was picked to be the number 14 wrestler in the Big Ten at 157 pounds uh, by a site that won't be named. Um, you know, obviously proved a lot of people wrong and and uh, and and showed people you know who he was. Yeah. No. You know, and I've, I've I'm probably going back over old territory again, but. Clearly, the year that he had, you know, he you experienced so much in the course of a season. Okay, I mean, and especially in the, we wrestled a good schedule outside with Vegas, with Midlands. You know, you had Arizona State, you had other good duels in there, and so there's all those those little moments where you're not feeling great, right? Maybe you didn't make weight the way you should, or you're just sick. You know, you're just maybe you got the flu or something, and you know he gutted out some really tough situations. Uh, early in the year that I thought were really key for him, you know, that, you know, a match where he got caught in a really tough match and, and maybe he shouldn't have, you know, we could debate that, you know, I'm really, I could pick on him for that stuff. And I have, <laughs> what I was always impressed with is man, when, when it came to nut cutting time, maybe OT or the very end of the third and he had to be tough and go get something, the man did it. And, and so he always showed great presence out there. Great. I call it Matt demeanor. You know, his Matt demeanor was always really good he didn't have that deer in the headlight look. You know, he was calm. He was focused. And he, and he did what he, he needed to do to win the situation. So, you know, that's where I, I started feeling like, yeah, he's, he's, he's really in a good place and didn't look like a freshman. You know, he didn't have that inconsistency sometimes that you see. So, um, that bigger expectations for him in the future. And we just can't wait to get back. You know, a guy like that, you want to get back in the room and refine some of these things, some of these tactics or some of these positions we need to work on, but really happy is, was a great competitor. And, and I thought showed a lot of growth. Yeah. Kendall's the guy we were, uh, we talked a lot about it, you know, in, in staff meetings and whatnot. He was a guy we were really looking forward to seeing him get into this freestyle season and continue his growth and, you know, maybe, maybe go after a spot on a world team. Um, and so it was, it, it's been disappointing to not see him get that opportunity but there is no doubt about the brightness of his future and, and what he's going to have the opportunity to accomplish in the next, next three years at Purdue. Yep. Um, next award, uh, most improved wrestler. This was another one that was very easy to, uh, to come up with as we, as we talked about it as a staff. Um, Parker Phileas, 141 pounds, um, had one of the nation's biggest turnarounds at any weight. Um, going from a nine-win freshman season uh, to a 19-10, and 10, placed at Big Tens, auto-qualifier for the NCAA championships. Yeah, um, you know, we were really competitive for most of these awards, right? And it's indicative of having a great season. So there's a lot of guys you could give a lot of different awards to, which is nice. But as you mentioned, this was pretty easy in our coaches' minds because of uh, the distance that he came uh, with his wrestling. And, and I don't even mean just the physical aspect. I think um, his mental preparation w has been huge for his, his turnaround in his wrestling. I think he's, he's just in a much better place. And, and you can see it in his performance. You know what I mean? And, you know, he even had some of those little ups or downs in the season that were tough. But every time he came back better. You know, I think he just had a better um, perception of what was going on and what he needed to do, you know? And, and so just really proud of Parker. He's another guy, when you talk about people who live the right way, does everything right. So, you know, he's, he's earning it every day. You know, even now, no doubt in my mind, you know, you know he's, he's not falling into bad habits. He's, he's still earning his way to a national title uh, 100%. So just really excited for him. Like I said, to see the growth and you know he has these good habits. Now that he's figured out a few more things, I think he's just going to continue to get better. And, um, you know, I don't even know if he realizes how good he can quite be yet. But he's starting to see it, and it's probably got him pretty excited like the rest of us. Yeah, I've been in contact with Parker quite a bit in quarantine. I'm actually – I'm really excited. I'm working on a feature story piece on Parker and the turnaround that he had. And uh, it's been pretty cool. He was very candid with me about the process. And, and – um, you know, some of the struggles that, that went into, you know, that came, you know, went into his freshman year and, and how he worked on those things in his, in his second year on the mat and, and, and what that brought for him. 
But uh, yeah, he's back home in Montana, and he's like, "Well, if I don't get back to you right away, it's because I'm out working on, you know, I'm ranching or fencing or I'm, you know, I'm doing doing something outdoors." And I'm just like, "Holy moly!" <laughs> like, okay, yeah. guy's making the most of his time. Absolutely. I mean, he lives. It reminds me, and I know I'm going off a little bit, but I just saw his Big Ten. I don't know if many fans knew, but they had the Big Ten finals on all day Monday. You know, the 15, 16, 17, all the way up to 20, and. Uh, he reminds me of Robert Kokesh in terms of like work habits and stuff. I, I just remember Robert had to go home over break sometimes and he'd be, you know, uh, putting fence posts in or doing something with cattle with dad. Right. And that's how I think of a guy like Parker, you know, he's home in Montana, but he's working his tail off. Right. Like he, he'd probably love to be having fun trying to, you know, get after it on a wrestling mat. So that's how I kind of view Parker is life's probably tougher with him, you know, uh, doing those kinds of things than it is even training for wrestling. So uh, one of his roommates, this is a guy that we thought enough of, uh, not one, but two team awards. Um, and uh, they're, they're definitely linked, so we can talk about them together. Uh, Thomas Panola, you know, was named not only the team's most dedicated wrestler, but also received the Hammer Down Strength and Conditioning Award. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot that went into that, Coach, but I, I think, you know, you could probably explain it best. Yeah, um... You know, when I think of, you, you look at Panola, the man in his first two years wrestled in three different weight classes. You know, he was at 184, that was a true freshman, <laughs> placed at Midlands, did a great job, right? You know, this year the plan was to go 97. Bruner thought he was going to redshirt. That obviously changed. We've talked about that. So, you know, now he's, he's, he needs to go up to heavy, you know, after uh, Bruner's the 197-pounder. So now he's up at heavy. And all of those, it takes discipline, right, to navigate that. There's got to be – he's a big kid for 184 anyway. So he had to show tremendous discipline to get down to 84. He did what he needed to do in the right way with nutrition and training and everything. And then, you know, oh, now all of a sudden i got to be a heavy. So now he's got to be – I mean, huge number of calories, what he's eating, when he's eating. And I know he got tired of Elaine shoving food down his throat, right? Like one of the <laughs> best things for him – was when the season was over, he was like, hey, can I just take a break from eating all the, you know, shakes and the different things Elaine had him on. So, you know, that discipline was reflected at all, in all kinds of different ways. And then you talk about the strength uh, and conditioning award. And again, you know, he had to go up. So he had to be in the weight room more doing some different things. So I just think, you know, that's all just reflected in how he lives his life and, and, and kind of his passion for getting better in the sport of wrestling, you know, and, and as you mentioned, he's, he's a scholar, you know, all American. So yeah, a kid who's got it figured out in lots of different ways. You know, the thing is though, and I know, I know he's not gonna uh, sit on this, but he's, you know, he's, he's got to continue to push to learn how to score. You know, he's going to, the, the plan, at least right now would be for him to come back down to 197. And so, you know, he, he's going to, again, have to make some adjustments. You're wrestling a different kind of, you know, kind of guy. So we're going to have to score more, yeah, carry more attacks and you know, do some different things. So, and I, I know he'll be committed and he'll make the changes, but that's, that's kind of Thomas, you know, in a nutshell. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you, you talked about the fact that just the eating was just so constant. It was just incredible to see how, you know, a lot of guys think, you know, when you think about your craft and you think about wrestling, like, okay, I just wrestle. I get in the room and I practice and I wrestle. And maybe I watch film, but that, you know, wrestling. Like when Thomas had to take the, the time in the weight room to a different level and just, and just his eating habits. I mean, the guy was eating like five full meals a day. Yeah. You know, what people miss, and, and you see this a lot, um, people don't understand that there's no matter what you're doing, even if you're going up a weight or cutting down, people usually – requires a lot of discipline. Always oh, going up, it's easier to make weight. It's, it's, a, it's an easier deal. And that's not the case. I mean, the, the discipline and the work ethic and the attention to detail to be great uh, is still there. And, and so that's a tough deal. You know, I, I think kids sometimes laugh when I say, oh, he's going up, but you know, he's, he's got to really be focused uh, on eating and doing the right things, not knowing maybe what that always looks like. And I'm telling you, when, when we got to the end of the year, and it was like, hey, yeah, you can take a break from, from eating all these calories. He was relieved. You know, he really was. But he would do what was ever necessary to have success in the weight class he's in. You know, and that's, that's indicative of Thomas. He's going to do what's necessary to uh, give himself the best chance to win.
And, and that's what you want for all of your guys. Yeah, it was pretty incredible to see, um, you know, you, you saw guys throughout the season and, and, you know, from other schools, necess- you know, not necessarily anybody in, in particular, but like, especially when a guy goes to heavyweight from 197, because at that point, they're not cutting anymore. You know, those guys, you go from 197 to 285, and it's not like somebody's just going to, like, accidentally throw on 90 pounds, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, when, when you heard a lot of those guys make that move, you know, you heard a lot, you, you saw some, some interesting celebrations of, of that lack of weight cutting what, and whatnot. And um, like you said, the business-like way in which Thomas approached it and, and his focus to, it wasn't, I'm not going to gain unhealthy weight. I'm not going to gain, you know, I'm not, I'm not just going to go eat whatever I want and whatnot. It was, uh, you know, he adhered to a very specific plan that put him in, in the best place possible. And he just continued to get better and better at the weight as the season went on, you know, ended up being ranked in the top 25 at heavyweight as a guy who, you know, like you said, a year before was wrestling 184. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a trap when you go up and you think that um, I can eat whatever I want and I can, you know, it, it, some kids use that to take their foot off the gas and in, in terms of work ethic or focus on what they're doing. And, and that's, that's not Thomas. And that's not a lot of our guys, you know, that's why, you know, I'm proud of this team, but it's a trap and, and you can't fall into those traps, you know, just like, uh, Devin Schroeder, I'm going to use guys that are ranked high, you know, like a guy like Schroeder and Coleman coming back, you know, it's a trap for them to fall, to think, oh, I've got this figured out, or this is going to be easier. Man, that's, it's not going to be easier. You know what I mean? You know, you've got to stay focused on what you're doing. You know, don't change what you're doing in terms of the right things, but man, don't take your foot off the gas. You can't ever do that because, you know, there's a, there's always a, a new guy out there that wants to take your spot. And so, I, I do. I think it's important as we're talking about Thomas that you make sure that's understood because some guys use it as a means of taking their foot off the gas. Like, Oh, I can make weight easy and still perform. Mm-hmm. Now nah, I'm not going to be where you need to be. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have a guy like Thomas around who is a constant reminder uh, to guys, you know, of how he lives and how he kind of does things. Absolutely. Um, two more awards. Well, uh, the first of which is a new team award. You know, when, as a staff, we met and we were going through some things and we were trying, you were making some decisions and, uh, you know, we were looking at a couple of different guys and we, you know, we looked at Devin Schroeder and we're like, man, what he did has to be recognized. Like we, you know, we, we don't have an award for this right now. We need to, we need to make one. And so we, we use the criteria of what the NCAA uses for, uh, their, their, their most dominant wrestler standings and, and, using team points and bonus point criteria as, as some of the measurements. Um, and we named Devin Schroeder our most dominant wrestler. Yeah. Um, I am not a big, uh, let's give an award to everyone kind of guy. <laughs> uh, I'm just, that's just not been me. So yeah, to add an award actually was a little bit tough for me because I'm like, ah, why are we adding an award? Uh, but it does make sense in terms of, you know, you want guys, if we're going to have that hashtag always aggressive, we want guys seeking points, being aggressive, trying to uh, distance themselves from their opponents. So it made sense in a way of, hey, here's something that the guys can work towards, you know what I mean, and and we'll get after as a team. You know, you hope that's how they'll compete next year as a group as well. Like, you know, who wants to be the guy to have these points? You know what I mean? Who wants to be the most dominant guy? So so I do. I think it was appropriate and, and clearly, you know, uh, you know, Devin with his top game, has proved to be very dangerous. Yeah, the guy, you know, he was tied for fifth in the country in technical falls at NCAA Division One level. Um, four, did he have 14? Does that sound right, or was that his bonus point total? I don't have it in front of me. But, um, you know, obviously he got on top of guys, and he hit that tilt, you know, from from a number of different positions. And, and uh, you know, and he, he didn't just do it against guys who, um, you know, weren't ranked or, or weren't uh, – you know, top opponents, he came into the Big Ten and got on top of some of those guys and, and found ways to, to turn them and put bonus points on the board. You know, guys who were – guys who ended up being first-team All-Americans that he got on top of and uh, and turned and, and pinned and, and did all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, no, he's – you know, he's getting – you know, that's why you call him dominant, right? He's not just going to turn, you know, the average wrestler or the subpar wrestler. You know, he, he's dangerous against the best guys from there if you let him hit his position. So – you know, he definitely is um, making great strides 
the one thing where I will uh, kind of give him a plug too right now is what we've seen this this offseason so far is there's been some good some good leadership from him as well. I am excited for him about the role he seems to be embracing. You know, he and I talked, uh, you know, maybe it was a week ago, and, and I know he wants to even take more of a lead, maybe being more vocal uh, with some different things. But I think if you look at some things that have come out where, you know, he broke down his BTN match with the Wisconsin kid. He uh, had a, an article, maybe it was out yesterday, I believe. Yes, it was a, a publication called The Fight Library. Yeah, there you go. And, and he had some really strong comments from, from the standpoint of what the team is and the culture on the team and those kinds of things. And I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't think it's just lip service. You know I mean? I think, you know, similar to what, where coach, you know, coach, <laughs> coach Lighty, I already got Lighty coaching, but where Lighty and, and Bruner uh, <laughs> you know, were as leaders, <laughs> yeah, where they were as leaders is kind of where I see, you know, Devin, taking himself at least in his mindset right now too because we're distanced a little bit you know he, it's harder to lead but I see him kind of you know working himself mentally and in my conversations with him it sounds that's where he's going and I really appreciate that I think that's that's a, a great move for him and something that he can have a stronger impact on the team in the future that's great because that's something you you kind of have to worry about as a coach well, okay where's that going to come from when you lose a couple super strong leaders, three super strong leaders like you had in this year's seniors. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Devin, uh, Devin has done a great job. It was, it was really fun to watch him do the, the, the BTN thing with Shane Sparks and break down that Barnett match. I guess I hadn't thought about that match in a while before we watched it again. And, uh, just, you know, the fact that he was down eight to one and, and made, you know, came back to win that one was, was really impressive. And, and while, you know, on paper doesn't look like a lot, was, was nuts to watch again the way he, he dug out of that hole and didn't give up. Yeah, and, and that's indicative of the season that we talked about. You know, I was talking about it with Kendall even. There's those ups and downs. You know, that's, that's one of those moments, okay? It's, it's really easy where a guy could get down 8-1, and some guys would say, ah, it's just not my night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah they wouldn't give up, but they'd kind of go through the match and – and, 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 you know, he wasn't going to let that happen. He found a way to get back into the match, and he kept scrapping. He made some adjustments. If you, you listen to him on his finishes, you know what I mean, because he was getting out scrambled early. They knew he had to make some, you know, a slight change in his finish. And so he did, you know, and found his way to the top and got up the turn and flipped the match around. So I think, you know, it just shows that, um, you know, he's a great competitor. You know, he's not going to give anything, any, you know, anything to anybody. And that's why he's going to be a dangerous man in the future. Last but certainly not least, um, our, our most outstanding wrestler award, um, the guy we've talked about a lot already, um, Dylan Lighty, put together um, the third best season win percentage in program history, uh, was ranked number four in the country, consensus for the better part of the season, 174 pounds, um, you know, was, was a push out, was a push out penalty yeah. point away from making a Big Ten finals. Um, you know, gave up five takedowns the entire season. Yeah. In, in 33 matches, gave up five takedowns. That's unreal. Um, and so, yeah, man uh, was stingy. Know, yeah. He, he was stingy. Um, you know, there's, we could go on and on and on, but just an incredible uh, farewell season for Dylan Lighty and very well deserving of the team's most outstanding wrestler. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, um, and we've said a lot about him, but, you know, he just, he, he, he was a catalyst for what this season was, you know, and, and next year we're going to have to find again, another catalyst or two for, for what we want this year to be. So I, I think he, he kind of ignited and was a great representation of this team. Um, you know, when you go back and we talk to these guys and we've talked about this a little bit, cause we had, you know, interviews with every guy in the team, you know, by zoom, we did an hour almost with everybody. And a lot of them talked about, seeing guys you know win in the big moment and Lighty was that was that guy early on right I mean he he had big wins you know um uh, in our in our duels you know he had the win that over the Arizona State Valencia you know what I mean in overtime he beat the Bastion boy from Utah Valley who was a highly ranked guy in a tough match then we go to Vegas you know and, and what he did there you know guys pay attention right your teammates are watching and so um, he got those guys excited, you know, and that's what you need. If, if you go out and you watch your teammates lay down, 
you know, that's a different deal, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of momentum. And so when you have guys like, especially, you know, we're talking about Lighty, but, but Bruner and, and these other guys, man, that's, you know, that's ignites something, you know, uh, special in your group. And, and I thought he did that this year. You know, Dylan, some, some things that were, I don't want to say out of character, cause that's not the right way to put it, but um, you know, led the team with 10 major decisions you know, so went out and, you know, we talked about, you know, you just got done talking about Devin, you know, when you can go out and, and get those bonus points and beat a guy by, you know, eight, 10, 12 points, um, you know, instead of winning by six or seven, like that, that, that makes a statement. It's a big deal. Um, you know, another funny thing, you know, we laughed about this all year uh, through the second half of the year, but, but Dylan almost led the team in writing time points for the season. You know, a guy who did not spend a lot of time on top, um, you know, worked, worked hard to improve that part of his game. Yeah. I think, I think that's a bookkeeping error. I, I, <laughs> I, I really, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, I think it might've been you Tanner. You tell me <laughs> numbers say what they want. Numbers can say a lot of things. Uh, I'm still, it's a head scratcher for me. Um, but no, he was working on his writing. <laughs> he was working on his, he was, he wasn't working on turning. Even he would tell you he was not working, working on, turning. you know, we just knew that in, the, in those OT matches, if guys were going to try to steal one it'd be with, you know, a second or two of riding time. And, uh, you know, I will always remember him being ahead of, of uh, the Nebraska boy, Labriola for third place at, at big tens. And he had riding, he had the riding time advantage. And so Labriola had to shoot and we got our easy go behind, you know what I mean? It just cinched the match. So um, I think he understood the importance of learning that skill of, Hey, you know, how to return a guy and, and get him down to the mat and, and accumulate that riding time. So you now you, what you're saying is fundamentally correct. I just don't believe the stat. So um, appreciate that. <laughs> that walk down memory lane. Oh, uh, I love that. I, you know, I will, I will, if there was a bookkeeping area with which there wasn't, I'm, I'm pretty sure of this. Um, I'll, I'll wear that one if, if it was, if it was wrong, but in the meantime, I will continue to celebrate Dylan's gains in that area. And, um, you know, and even if it, it was such a small thing, sometimes, you know, it was writing a guy for 10 seconds instead of five, mm-hmm. it was getting out in five seconds instead of 10. Like it was just that very small thing, you know, and, and he, you know, he had the unfortunate thing of, you know, he lost the third place match or, you know, he lost the, the Constellation semifinals at Big Tens as a junior on riding time. He lost his all you know, he lost the blood round the match blood round, yep. as a yep. junior <laughs> Two by weeks riding later. time. You know, he, uh, he was wrestling the guy, you know, if that, if those guys were still wrestling, it might still be going from that match because they, he, they weren't giving it up. Yep. No. Um, which is why you got to have the criteria in place. Right. But, um, you know, he took that to heart like nobody, like nobody other, and uh, and made sure that was never going to happen to him again. Yeah, no, he he did he made the adjustments that he had to that put him in better position to win in those matches. And even from an aggressive standpoint, he was more offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, he had the overtimes and he was incredibly tough in overtime or even just one point matches, let's say. But but he did. He he was scoring more points um this year than he had in his career that's just how how well he was wrestling and, and I'll always remember the the Skatska match you know in our gym where I think he had the major decision and uh you know he, he didn't he didn't have to make it close and he didn't you know so I'll always remember those moments for for Dylan where he really uh kind of showed what he's really capable of that I'll was never, a huge one for Dylan Go I'll, ahead, never, I'll never forget the last five seconds of that match uh, the look on his face because he was he he showed out a little bit you know he celebrated a little bit which is kind of unlike him on the mat he, he he's a goofy nope. personality off the mat but on the mat he doesn't usually do that and and uh personal note I was I loved it it was awesome I'll never forget it at the same time I was I was pretty angry at uh, our BTN student U crew because they they didn't have the camera shot of his facial expression and, and I let them I let them know that uh, at the end that hey you, you might have missed the the moment of the duel here because uh, it, it was a pretty cool moment for for Purdue wrestling and uh, for wrestling in general and uh, but but yeah he that was a great match and just a great year and, and so much fun to watch him 
Yeah. yeah. No, I enjoyed his celebrations. I, you know, there's a couple guys, you know, you look at Avon the year before Avon had some at heavyweight had some of the best celebrations. He had some big moments and, and he, he loved to celebrate a good win. Yeah, he and did. <laughs> as you mentioned, lighting a couple moments this year had some really good, just uh, expressions and outpouring of emotion that you love because when you work that hard, man, um, you should be able to kind of express that, that passion that you have, you know, that's why you go through it. You got this passion and this burning fire in there and you could see it come out in him in, in those times. That was great. Yeah. Absolutely. I love about so those two. They, they both uh, would, after the fact, they'd make fun of their over the top reactions too. both, both Avon <laughs> and, and Dylan, you know, they could laugh at themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that does it for our team awards. That's, that's the eight, that's the eight awards we gave out this year. Um, you know, it was a little disheartening to not be able to do it in a banquet fashion and have everybody together. But, um, I, you know, I, I, for one, don't think that should take away from the, uh, the awards themselves and, and the season we had and what those guys were, were able to do. And so, um, you know, really excited to be able to announce those and give those out and tell the guys, you know, send the guys their graphics and, and everything like that, that that came with, with that little celebration. Yep. No, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's wrapping up everything. I know we've put uh, a lot out on social media, so this may be a bit of a repeat for people. But, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm getting the certificates now. I have, I have the certificates, the All-American Honors, and the Scholar Awards I have here at my house. I know the plaques are supposed to be in in the next couple weeks for the kids. That's what they'll get. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just really kind of putting a bow on, on the year and, you know, kind of where we're at. So it, it, it's good. It's, it's nice to – kind of wrap this up and honor these guys as the school years. For sure. Um, one other cool thing to, uh, to kind of wrap up the show. Uh, there was a study done recently by flow wrestling where they took the last 20 years of NCAA championship results. And they, uh, they compared where everybody finished with where they were seated. Um, the criteria for the study was you had to average five, uh, NCAA qualifiers over the last 20 years, which we were part of that group. And uh, the Boilermakers finished 11th on that list. And they were the fourth highest Big Ten team behind um, Penn State, Ohio State, and, and Illinois had us by a half point. So 10, 10 and 11 were, Purdue, were Illinois and Purdue uh, right there next to each other. And so, uh, you know, in, in the six years, you know, in the six years, Tony, that you've been at the helm, um, we have only finished below seed as a, as a total as a team just one time. So I think that's indicative of, of, you know, the way these guys train, the way that they peak, the way that they perform in the big moment. Yeah, I think that's, that's uh, you know, those are things that coaches look at. And I'm sure even Coach Hinkle, you know, looking back, that's a good stat for him to know that you're doing your, your best wrestling at the end, right? Like 20, Absolutely. 20 years is a long time. And to have that kind of, you know, um, solid performances where you're always wrestling above your seed uh, is, a, is a good thing. You know, we talked on a, on a specific show this year where, you know, at Big Tens, we, we had one guy that didn't wrestle to his seed or better, and that was Christian Bruner, and that was because we pulled him out, you know what I mean, just to get ready for, for you know, the national tournament. So I've always felt like, you know, we do our best wrestling at the end of the year. Matter of fact, my goal for a few of our guys is to get off to faster starts, you know, earlier. You know, I mean, I, I know we're going to close hard like freight trains. Uh, it's just making sure that we get off to a, to a good, strong start earlier in the season. So, yeah, it's, it, but that is good to see. You know, we, we tend to judge ourselves, obviously, as a sport by what happens at the end of uh, the season, both at Big Tens and Nationals. And so when you can see some statistical things that indicate, hey, we are performing well at the end, that's what you as a coach want. Now, you always want to do a little bit better. You want more national champs, more All-Americans, those things. But to say, okay, hey, we are wrestling better at the end is good. You know, you're trying to evaluate your program and where you need to be better. Those things are always very helpful. Yeah, there's Corey, a, anything else to add to that? There's a huge difference between uh, being seated 15 to 20 and being seated 8 to 15 when it comes time for the end of the year. So that uh, – that faster start. And I know some of the names that you're not alluding to right there. Um, so, so that, that something, to, something to work for. Um, no, you know what guys, I think, uh, I think this has been a ton of fun today. It's, it's really cool to look back one more time at the season. Um, we do want to let everybody know with, with summer on the horizon and uh, 
not a lot of activity going on. We're going to go ahead and take a couple weeks off. And hopefully, hopefully when we come back, we will be back this summer uh, in the coming months and, and check out social media channels to, uh, to see. We'll, we'll give plenty of notice. Uh, but, but hopefully when we come back, we'll have a, a lot more good news to, show, to share with everybody as far as plans for the future and um, reopening, returning, and, and getting back at it. Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, that, Corey, because, yeah, and we're not taking a break for summer, people, uh, but it is <laughs> weeks, and uh, what I'm, my, I'm hopeful about is when we do come back, we have a lot to talk about in terms of here's how we're getting back to training, here's how we're getting back to, to life, you know, and those things from a wrestling perspective, what mm -hmm. that could look like, what we're going to be doing. And maybe we can give some ideas to some people as well, you know, as we're all getting back to life. So um, hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks, um, we'll have a lot of stuff to just talk about from a training perspective and where we're at now. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll definitely try and give everybody a heads up for uh, when we'll be back. And um, we'll continue to try and bring in some guests from outside the program. Um, you know, people that offer us some different perspectives on the sport. And, turns uh, turns out Coach Ursuline, turns out Coach Ursuline has a lot of connections, if you can imagine. Yeah, he knows some people. It's weird. You know, we, we, always get these, <laughs> we get these new suggestions for like, hey, let's have AJ Eads on the show from Big Ten. Absolutely, sure. Coach, let's yeah. do it. Hey, let's call Mike Haggerty. You know, let's yeah. have Mike on the show, even though Tony, you know, Tony couldn't show up for that one. He was busy. <laughs> um, too important. He, he didn't want to get into a fight with a ref, you know. That's yeah, right. You know, that, yeah, keep, <laughs> keep me separated from those guys. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll we'll try to keep bringing uh, cool guests on the show, um, and uh, you know, continue to bring you guys a, a little bit of insight, a little bit of behind the scenes look to uh, to what we're doing over here at Purdue, and and what uh, you know, coaches, what coach is doing with the guys. Yes, yeah, so that'll do it, uh, guys. Thanks. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and uh, be safe out there. We'll, we'll catch you all down the road. Boiler up.